let's take a look at the first halves of the Pirates' two All-Stars, Mitch Keller and David Bednar. You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back to that Pittsburgh Pirates podcast, everybody. My name is Ethan Smith, your host of the Locked On Pirates podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, brought to you by Game Time. More on them later. Thank you for tuning into the show, as you always do, every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Still talking about the Pittsburgh Pirates every single day here in the year 2023. And we watched the All-Star game last night, one of the two All-Stars for the Pittsburgh Pirates, was involved in the game. Technically, too, with Derek Shelton being an honorary coach. David Bednar did not appear in the Midsummer Classic. Mitch Keller did. But let's talk about their first half, shall we? Thank you so much again for tuning in. Uh, make sure you follow on Twitter at MVP underscore Ethan or at Locked On Pirates for all of your news, analysis, and opinions of the Pittsburgh Pirates for the rest of this year because the second half, I think, is going to be a fun one. But let's start with Mitch Keller, who, man, I've talked about it. I've talked about it in nauseum, I think, at this point, about how good Mitch Keller has been this year in terms of what he's been able to do for this Pirates pitching staff that has been gutted by injuries with the injuries to Brubaker, Mike Burrows, Vince Velasquez. Um, you look at everything that, uh, I mean, the rotation has no business being as good as it should be. Um, and it's been a good, it's been a good group and it's been headlined by one Mitch Keller and Mitch Keller, of course, became an all-star for the first time in his career. Didn't have to replace anybody or anything. He was just a flat out all-star. Um, of course, in the game last night, he gives up, uh, one home run to Yandy Diaz. He also has a strikeout, so he did pick up his first All-Star strikeout. I also don't think this will be the last time we see Mitch Keller in the All-Star game. I think that he has become a very good pitcher. I think his stuff has finally caught up with him. He's only 27 years of age. A lot of people would expect him to be a lot older than he is, um, but Mitch Keller's a good guy. And it can't be understated how good Mitch Keller has been this year compared to what we've seen. We got to see a little bit of it last year. His ERA was a 3.91 last year. He was getting better as the year progressed. This year, though, he just started hot and has continued to be a very solid pitcher for this team. And not only solid, but all-star caliber. And I was kind of worried that he was going to get snubbed from the all-star game just because of his history and all that stuff. The all-star game fan voting is kind of weird. Pitchers are not selected via fan vote, I'm pretty sure. I don't remember. I don't get into the voting that much. But you look at just from a statistical standpoint for Mitch Keller, he's 9-4 and four with a 3-3-1 ERA with 117 innings of work, 129 strikeouts. So he's averaging well over a strikeout an inning and a 1.12 whip. Those are numbers that you love to see from Mitch Keller. Those are numbers that you want to see from Mitch Keller. And all of those numbers that I just said are career best 
for him, minus that 2020 season where I believe he had like a 2.9-something ERA. But again, there's only like four or five starts locked in there. And then, of course, in 2021, he struggled again. We remember 2021 being uh, one of those big years for him that a lot of people wanted to see him take the next step, and he didn't. And then, of course, last year, getting set back down to AAA Indianapolis and then coming back and being the Mitch Keller that we're accustomed to now. One of the better things that I've also seen from Mitch Keller this year is his consistency. I think a lot of people can attest to that. Of course, his final start before the All-Star break against the Arizona Diamondbacks was a no decision and a one-hitter. Kind of frustrating. But uh, he's posted a three ERA or lower in each of the first four months of the season. Uh, Full four months, by the way. Uh, Don't count April um, because April only had... I believe one game and that was against the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, The only time that he didn't have a three ERA or lower in those first four full months was in June when he had a three, five, six. So, I mean, still very good. And you look at where he ranks in major league baseball, currently fifth in major league baseball in innings pitch, 15th in opposing batting average, eighth in wins. He, he's been doing it all, folks, and obviously his win-loss record, I think, would be a lot better if it wasn't for a lot of the no decisions that he had uh, due to the offense not giving him much run support, which has been an issue all season, no, notably uh, more recently, to which I'll speak on this too. It's wild to me that the Yankees can fire their hitting coach, but in the middle of the year and the Pirates can't. Crazy concept, right? Then I started looking at and I'll do this for David Bednar as well. I looked at the best performance that we saw from both of these guys in Mitch Keller and David Bednar this year. And there's a ton of them that you could pick for Mitch Keller. But I I do think you have to go with the complete game back on May 8th against the Colorado Rockies. Of course, that was when the Pirates were coming out of that skid against the uh, Tampa Bay Rays and the Toronto Blue Jays after starting the season 20-9. and nine. He gets a four-hit shutout against the Colorado Rockies in a complete game. Of course, the first complete game of his career. He's tied for second in Major League Baseball in complete games. We haven't seen too many this season. You probably won't see too many for the conceivable future, just with how pitchers are nowadays. Obviously, we saw um, Domingo Herman have a perfect game recently, but it's very uncommon now that you're going to see complete game shutouts or even complete games, period anymore with just how arms are used at the major league level. Honorable mention, though, for Keller, I mean, May 14th against Baltimore. Very big game for him. Uh, Seven innings pitch, struck out 13 Orioles hitters while only allowing four hits. Now, of course, I think the Pirates lost that game. I don't remember if they did or not. Um, I'll go check out about that. But May was one of his stronger months, as you can tell with um, my best performance for him there. And uh, May 14th was actually the win, the lone win that they got in that series against the Baltimore Orioles. That kind of started the slide as to where the Pittsburgh Pirates are now. And Mitch Keller, you have to think if Mitch Keller didn't take this next step, where would the Pirates be? I mean, they're eight games under 500 now. Where would they be right now if Mitch Keller was not the guy that we all thought he was? And again, Speaking on Mitch Keller, he was a phenomenal pitcher in the minor league systems. 
He was a former top 100 prospect. He was a guy that a lot of people looked at and said that this is the next guy that the Pirates can bring up. Of course, you had Jamison Tyone before him. You had Garrett Cole before uh, Jamison Tyone. Joe Musgrove wasn't homegrown, but he was traded for Garrett Cole and eventually built up to be a pretty good pitcher and is now making very good money in San Diego. So we were all waiting on this for Mitch Keller for quite a while. And he finally gets there at a very good time, because if he would not have taken that next step, this rotation, I think we would be having a whole different conversation about here on July 12th on this edition of Locked on Pirates, which, may I add, is brought to you by Game Time. It's Wednesday. You still got a couple days. The Pittsburgh Pirates will start their second half of the season against the San Francisco Giants this Friday. You might be at work right now listening to the show when it drops. You know, you might have, you might be getting off of work Friday and say, hmm, I want to go to PNC Park and go watch the Pirates play to start the second half. Well, you could do that with game time because it is your one-stop shop for last-minute tickets because buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful, folks. It's the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports music and comedy near you. And Game Time has killer deals on last-minute tickets and their lowest best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. You also get images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. You buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. I mean, it's super easy. All you have to do is go on your phone because guess what? The tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email to find them. It's an overall awesome app. I used it to go to Monday Night Raw a few weeks ago. Loved it. Got some good seats. Got a good price. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On MLB for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On MLB for twenty dollars off. And download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Go see the Buckos at PNC Park. Today's episode is also brought to you by SiriusXM. If you want to find the hometown broadcast of the Pittsburgh Pirates, make sure you download the XM app for all of your radio needs for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Everydayers, thank you so much for tuning into this show, as you always do. Again, follow me on Twitter at MVP underscore Ethan or at Locked on Pirates. We may have hit the 2100 follower threshold on Twitter, so thank you guys for that in advance. You guys are amazing. I do this for you. And... A certain somebody might be in Pittsburgh in September. I don't know who, but a certain somebody might be in Pittsburgh in September. So you might want to go to a few games there to maybe catch your favorite host. The other Pittsburgh Pirates all-star, one that has been one before, of course, is David Bednar. He was the all-star last year, the lone all-star for the Pittsburgh Pirates on that 2022 squad that was uh, something I, I love that with the 2022 squad, it can be summed up with one player, Josh Van Meter. It's usually what the 2022 squad can be summed up as. But David Bednar, of course, um, gets his second all-star nod. Obviously, I don't think it'll be his last. One of the top closers in all of baseball, one of the top relievers in all of baseball, Mars PA kid, got to love it. He didn't pitch last night, which, whatever, I mean – Saves, saves innings. It <laughs> saves an inning on his arm this year. Uh, I was surprised that he didn't pitch with Derek Shelton being the honorary coach. 
didn't really care, honestly. Um, I just thought it was cool that he was there. He deserves to be there because, I mean, from a statistical standpoint with Bednar, I mean, 35 and one-thirds innings pitched, 1.27 ERA, 0.96 whip, and a 42 strikeouts. Obviously, uh, like much like Keller, all those numbers are on pace to be career best by pretty wide margins. Uh, he's usually ended up above a two ERA, and of course with closers, it's a little more difficult with the earned runs average because you give up one run in one innings pitched, and that inflates your ERA pretty heavily. I think he'll he'll stay on pace though pretty well. Um, he has had 18 save opportunities this year, has completed 17 of them. He ranks 12th in that category alongside a lot of very good players that were also featured in the All-Star game last night. Josh Hader, Felix Batista, um, Yanir Cano, who's got some save opportunities, even though he's usually the setup man for Felix Batista. Um, Craig Kimbrell was there last night. Kenley Jansen, a lot of those guys are up there. Um, Carlos Estevez from the Los Angeles Angels, another top closer, but Bednar obviously sitting right up there at the top with them, ranking 12th in saves this year. If the Pirates were a better team, he'd probably be higher on that list. Obviously, saves are one of those weird statistics that's kind of hard to gauge just because a lot of times you're going to have more saves if your team is better. We've seen that from Felix Batista this year. One of the big things, of course, with Betnar, and I talked about this, I believe, two weeks ago, is that his usage, his usage has been a question. It has. But I see a lot of people get mad at Derek Shelton for this. I would say Shelty is probably listening to what a higher up is telling him about Bednar. I don't know who that higher up is. This is all just speculation. But we know Bednar has an injury history. We saw him get practically shut down last year around this time. It was around August because he was pitching a lot. He was pitching two inning outings. He was coming into games in the seventh or eighth inning, which I would like to see. But I do understand it from the standpoint of where the Pirates are, where they don't want their guy getting hurt. And David Bednar is the best reliever on this team, arguably a top five player on this team. It's not that hard, but if the pirates were in more winning situations, you would see a lot more of David Bednar, but they haven't been. And I'm okay with this. He's up to 35 and one thirds innings pitch. The last couple of years, I think he was around 67 to 70 pitches or innings pitched. It's about what I expect. I think you're going to probably see about 35 innings from David Bednar the second half of the year. If he stays healthy, maybe 40 to 45 if we get lucky. But again, it really all just comes up to the Pittsburgh Pirates being a winning baseball team, scoring runs, going into the late innings, up in games, and keeping the bullpen fresh. The starting pitchers have done a very good job with that this year. The bullpen has not been had to have to been used for like the first two months of the year that much. We've seen a little bit of a difference in that lately with guys like Luis Ortiz struggling, Rowanzi Contreras, etc. But David Bednar is going to be fine. Uh, his best moment, of course, I think came on April 29th 
It was that doubleheader against the Washington Nationals. He gets the save in the second game to secure an NL best 20 and 8 record at the time. Man, what a time that was. Go go check out my episodes from April, man. That was that it was such a fun time. And then the honorable mention I'd say would probably be June 29th versus San Diego. He struck out the side in that win. That was a big uh, series win against the Padres. And it was the only time this season that he struck out the side. So I think that's a um, big deal as an honorable mention. But, yeah, the April 29th save, I think, just sent Pirates fans over the top, winning 20 games in April. But we're not <clears throat> we're not there anymore. But it's fine because they would be in a much worse spot if they didn't have that month. By the way, if you did watch the All-Star game last night, talking about the Pirates All-Stars who were not really in the spotlight too much, former Pirate Elias Diaz won All-Star game MVP last night. Had that go-ahead home run late in the game. The 14th go-ahead home run in the eighth inning or later in All-Star game history. The first, of course, since Gene Segura and Alex Bregman did it in 2018. My thoughts on the All-Star game are usually pretty simple. Um, it's a, it's it's another baseball game. You just hope nobody gets hurt. That's usually all I ever say about the All-Star game. And it was fun. Uh, it was a low-scoring game. A lot of people would want more offense in this kind of game. It was a low-scoring game. It was a tight game at the end. Uh, Julio Rodriguez, of course, in Seattle with the chance to tie or win the game for the uh, American League. And he didn't do it. Uh, it was setting up to be a very good moment for him. Uh, and this was the first time the NL won the All-Star game since 2012. That uh, broke a streak of a lot of AL All-Star game wins. Of course, if you want to go back to 2012, the Pirates All-Stars in 2012 were Andrew McCutcheon and Joel Hanrahan. That was the last time that the NL won the All-Star game. Even better, Bryce Harper and Mike Trout were rookies. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a while since the National League won the All-Star game. And just over the past 10 years, too, um, the Pirates have had some very good All-Stars over the past 10 years. Uh, you look at this year, obviously, you have Mitch Keller and David Bednar. Uh, I already mentioned David Bednar in 2022. Uh, he was their lone all-star last season. Over the past 10 years, the Pirates have had three years, where um, technically four, but I'll get into why I'm not mentioning one in a minute. Uh, but they've had three years where they've had only one all-star. I mean, since 2015, they haven't been the greatest team to grace a baseball field. 2021. My first year on the podcast, uh, Adam Frazier and Brian Reynolds were the All-Stars. We all remember Adam Frazier having that crazy first half uh, where he was practically leading Major League Baseball in um, batting average for a good portion of the year. He then gets traded to San Diego uh, for Tucapita Marcano, Jack Sawinski. Or that might have been the, yeah, I, or that might have been. I, there's two different San Diego trades, but I just know we got Marcano and Sawinski from them. Uh, 2019 was Josh Bell. Obviously, there was no All Star game in 2020 with COVID. Skipping 
the other 2019 All-Star and the lone 2018 All-Star for uh, obvious reasons. Uh, you guys know who it is. I'm not going to even mention their name on this show. 2017, Josh Harrison. Have his jersey right here. Right here. Still there. Um, 2016, Starling Marte, Mark Melanson were the All-Stars. Of course, that was the uh, Andrew McCutcheon. I believe he got traded that year. 2015 was one of the bigger years. A.J. Burnett, Garrett Cole, Andrew McCutcheon, and Mark Melanson. Then you'll start to see the run of uh, McCutcheon here. Harrison, McCutcheon, and Watson. Tony Watson were the All-Stars in 2014. And then 2013, the most Pirates All-Stars we've seen in the past 10 years be represented in the game. Pedro Alvarez, Jason Grilly, Jeff Locke, Mark Melanson, Andrew McCutcheon. Man, that was a fun year. Um, and then I pose a question to you guys. Uh, who could be the future All-Star Game participants that have not made it? For the Pittsburgh Pirates, I want you guys to comment on that below here on YouTube or even on Twitter once I drop the tweet that the show is live and all that good stuff. You can do it however you want. But if you want me to pick one, I think it's pretty obvious, O'Neill Cruz. I think O'Neill Cruz is going to be an all-star within the next three years. I think that's something that we can expect from O'Neill Cruz. And one thing that you should expect, by the way, is have the expectation that you might always need help. You, can't, you have to find help when you need it. I've had to do it. I struggle with anxiety and depression all the time. And I needed an outlet to talk to somebody, and I went to better help. Sometimes in life, we're faced with tough choices, and the path forward isn't always clear. I mean, there's a lot of things that I deal with personally, uh, like leaving my day job and having to find a new one. That was a tough time for me, um, only having this show as as a means of income, and I had to find others. So I had to talk to somebody about it. Whether you're dealing with decisions around career relationships or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself to make decisions. That align with your values is like anything. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule so you don't have to stress about not being able to do it. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So if the therapist you have isn't working out for you, just pick another one and find your perfect match. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MLB today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash MLB. So in the third segment of today's show, it's July 12th, and I'm 24 years old. I haven't seen a lot of good Pirates baseball in my lifetime, as a lot of you probably haven't, seeing as I've looked at analytics on my show and the age of people that listen to my show are people that were born around 1992 in the or late 19, early 1990s. So let's go back on a trip here to July 11th and 12th, 2015. The third year that the Pittsburgh Pirates were a playoff team in a row 
But at this time, it was just two years in a row. July 12th, to me, always going to be an important moment in Pirates history. You look at what they were able to do in the two days of July 11th and 12th. Back-to-back comeback wins against the St. Louis Cardinals just before the All-Star break. And it didn't seem like a big deal at the time. But, of course, we all remember the Andrew McCutcheon walk-off against Nick Greenwood. Ironically, Nick Greenwood, that was his last pitch ever in Patriot League Baseball. 14th inning just after midnight. One of the craziest games that I've ever personally watched. And I don't think the impact of these two games was felt as much as it would have been if the Pirates would have went on a deeper playoff run in 2015. Obviously, we remember they lost to Chicago in the wild card. It was their second straight wild card loss, and they haven't been in the playoffs since. But you can make the argument that the Andrew McCutcheon walk-off, along with the Pedro Alvarez one, were the most important regular season wins in Pirates' history and PNC Park history. I mean, they made the playoffs this at this in this juncture again. And on July 11th, of course, Kutch hit the walk off the dead center. The next day, Gregory Polanco does it. All of this right before the All-Star break. They were 53 and 35 going into the All-Star break and still weren't leading their division because we remember 2015. Cardinals, Cubs, and Pirates had the three best records in Major League Baseball. That division was a juggernaut that year. And I make the argument, and a lot of people make this argument, that if we had the current format for that Pirates team with three wildcard games, they probably... They probably win that wild card series against whoever they play. You can make that. It's a very valid argument to make. Because I've even said it to myself that I think the 2015 team was the best rendition of those 2013 through 2015 teams. The 2013 team just happened to be the one that got the farthest and arguably should have made it to the NLCS. Then in 2014, they ran into a buzzsaw named Madison Bumgarner. 2015, they just so happened to have to play one game against Jake Arrieta. But July 11th and July 12th, back-to-back walk-offs in 2015, the eighth anniversary of this, I still remember it to this day. Think about it all the time. It, It was a crazy time. And I'm here to tell you folks, too, that if you stick with me, I think the Pirates are going to get back to that soon. Maybe not this year, but I think they're going to be a very competitive team next year. Does that mean they're going to win a World Series? I don't know. A lot can change. But now that we're in the second half of the 2023 season and the second half of the year 2023, I want to thank you all for tuning into the Locked On Pirates podcast, as you always do here in the Locked On Podcast Network. Again, make sure you follow me on Twitter at MVP underscore Ethan or at Locked on Pirates for all of your news, analysis, opinions, and 
overall fun covering this Pittsburgh Pirates team. You guys are amazing. I couldn't thank you enough. By the way, I hope you all enjoyed the draft coverage as well. Still elated that Paul Skeens is a Pittsburgh Pirate. But guys, have a wonderful rest of your Wednesday. Tune in tomorrow where me and Craig are going to be giving out report cards for the first half of the year. But until then, I'll see you on the flip side.